really taking personal responsibility for whatever your life is and your actions can serve you well. God is with me every moment of the day. I'm talking with him, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm thinking through stuff. And it was just a reminder of how God sees my heart, he cares for me, he listens, and he shows up. It's personal bravery in partnership with the divine that allows us to courageously take our place in this world. This is the way of the Hey, 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 friends. Welcome to The Way of Valor. I am so glad you've joined us this week. And we are jumping in right on part two of Jamie Winship's Identity Exchange podcast. Listen, this guy's story was so amazing last time that I had to put a pause in it and let the podcast go on longer because there was so much more to be said. We are looking forward to this week's episode, Identity Exchange Part 2. Thanks for joining us. Here's Jamie. So let's let's go back... Um, to cause, because that's not the end of your story. I mean, you were on the other side of the world serving and protecting for a very long time. So let's pick it up. How, how did that happen? Yeah, so and so then in my fifth year in the police department, um, just how these things happen, just how the Lord's always moving towards next levels in everything that we're doing. And so if we're just walking with the Lord, he's always, he's, he's causing us to become more and more the truth of who we really are, which is, like I said before, beyond what you can ask or imagine, Mm -hmm. just have to stay, keep abiding, stay, stay with the Lord as he walks. Um, I love that. And obey that, that, right? Obey that. Right. To obey is to hear and respond, right? Obey Mm -hmm. is to hear and respond. And when Jesus says, follow me and I will make you to become, I love that statement. He says to those young disciples, follow me and I will make you, I will make you to become fishers of men. Mm-hmm. It's an identity statement. He's calling them into an identity that they actually possess, but not at the level that they could without Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so when we're abiding in Christ, we're just following Christ. So Christ can make us to become all that he knit us together to be. It's really fascinating. So, and you just, it's just the beautiful journey. Um, so in my fifth year, I, I got called in by this judge, this magistrate, and he wanted me to meet this guy. He introduces me to this guy who's, a, who's an operations guy for the CIA. And the CIA guy has my folder for all the cases I've worked for five years. And he says to me, I want to know how you're doing what you're doing. And he's just flipping through these cases going, how, like, how did you think to do this? Why did you, <laughs> another case that really was, I, I de-arrested a guy that should have been arrested, but I had this nagging thing in my head to let him go in the middle of the arrest, just let him go. Hmm. And I was positive I was going to get fired over that one. And, but my captain by that time said to me, he goes, why did you make this decision? And I said, I'm not sure yet but I know it was the right thing to do. And he said, I'll give you two weeks for it to be a good idea. And if it's not a good idea in two weeks, you're fired. And I said, okay. And in 10 days, it became a brilliant idea, but it wasn't at the time I did it, but it became brilliant as the Lord used it. 
right? So obedience takes time to see the result of it. It's not this instantaneous. And so that's what faith is the substance of the things you hope for, the things you don't see yet. So anyway, the CIA guy's asking me, like, why did you let that guy go? How'd you know to do it? How did you know it would make you, how did you know that it would elevate you in so many ways? Because back then you would have only known that it would get you fired. Right. And I was like, so I had to explain to him my relationship with God and how I understand identity. And this is called sharing your faith. Mm. His question really was, how did you have the faith to let that guy go, even though he didn't use that word? And I said, because, and I explained it to him. And he said, he, he, he was like, it just, it just, he was just amazed, but not like, yay, but like, I, this doesn't make any sense to me, he was saying, as a person that doesn't know prayer or any mm-hmm. of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, But he said, but I see the result of what you're doing. Yeah. And I tell young believers all the time, by your fruit, they know you, not by your, not by what you talk about, what you say, show them the result of your relationship with God. That you can't really argue good. with. Right? Yeah, it's the word of so, your testimony, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. That's right. Nothing says more than that. And so he said, can you do this? Can you do this in Muslim countries? And I said, they're just humans, aren't they? Like they wouldn't be any different than the people I'm dealing with, which he was, he, he said, wow, I never really, I I don't think of, I think I'm almost as not human. I'm like, well, that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. The problem. And so he's, I said, yeah, I'm sure. And he said, and he, and he told me a scenario they were working that they couldn't find an answer to. They couldn't resolve it. And he said, what would you do in this real life situation? What would you do? And so I just sat there with him and I just said, okay, Lord, what would, what's a good idea for what, how to resolve the situation they're dealing with. And I just waited a couple of minutes and then I said, okay, here's what I would do. And he listened to me. He goes, okay, here's, you have a job. We're hiring you right now. And so, yeah, and that Wednesday night, I came home a police detective. And when I left that meeting, I had a whole nother career offer overseas. And now, in, now you're married, right? Yeah. So you, so you, t- so yeah, so and I, you have a family. Yeah, we had, yeah, at that time we had one son and my wife was pregnant with the second and so, yeah, I came home and woke her up because it was a late night meeting. I was going to say, I'm I, very I, curious about that conversation. I did. Yeah, I woke my wife up, who happens to be Jewish, and I said to her, hey, we're moving to Cairo, Egypt. I'm going to work counterterrorism in Islamic militant groups. And she just started crying. And she goes, I don't want to go. I don't want to do that you know and i thought uh it's because she's pregnant she's just it's her hormones because <laughs> yeah, most of us would want to pick up and move yeah, into the militant yeah um so then yeah the next day we had a long conversation about it but again she it, it's like she's like you know we're we're the same in this she realized this is where our identities were going mm. like our, they weren't gonna stay in the situation we were in because God's a God of motion and movement, mm, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So if you're with, if you're with the Lord, he, it's very unusual for him to say, sit in one spot the rest of your life. Totally true. I, I, and you may do it geographically, but he's not going to do it Spir- spiritually. He's all, you're always going to be in some kind of movement. Mm-hmm. So she knew, you know, that this was going to go and, and, and she had wanted to go overseas 
she wanted to go work in Israel, which we it did after many years end up in Israel. But so she so she just didn't expect it to go that way, and neither did I. So that because of that interview, then we started thinking, okay, the Lord is definitely moving us into the Muslim world. And so we so it, that involved a lot of different parts to it. But after three years, we went to grad school. Um, I left the police department, went to grad school. We and we developed this paradigm to to, in, to you know to try out in the Muslim world. And so we left the United States in 1990, and we came. We were out until 20, the end of 2016. So 26 years. Of- That's amazing. Now I'm, I, I'm curious because I think people, you, you say all of this just very nonchalantly. Then God says this, so I uh, obey. Where's your flesh in all of this? Like, does does your flesh argue back? Did is there fear there? Is there talk talk to us about that piece of That's it? Because great- I'm hearing your stories. You know, yeah. and I, I've read your book and I just am constantly taken back going, goodness, the courage to step yeah. into it. It was funny. So the um, the courage part for me was um, to like it wasn't not to go. I didn't neither me nor my wife had. And this is part of identity, like part of understanding who you are, like that identity wants to go towards the thing it does it just because you don't view it with fear you view it as like no this is this is who i am and this is where i go raise a child up in the way they are bent the way they're already bent, and in the end they won't depart from it Mm, yeah really good so so once you know once you understand your identity is like this is where my identity is going to go and that's a good way to think about a spouse too is and understand the identity of the person before you join your life to them is where's that identity going there's so where's good. there's going. yeah really good so we were going in the same direction that the actual flesh part of me was not to be not to make the decision because of the amount of money that we were offered to do it hmm. so because i was you know because we already had a track record a case study track record um People were willing to pay a lot of money to get that. Because you were solving massive, like FBI couldn't solve crimes, kind of crimes, correct? Exactly, right. And so when the when the CIA, like he just wrote down on a piece of paper in the we were meeting in a in a bar, he just slid it to me the offer, and I looked at the number, and it was unbelievable. Hmm. And he said, "And your kid will never, your kids will." You're, you'll never have to worry about their education, blah, blah, blah. And so the challenge for me, um, I would, I knew I was going to take that challenge because it's who I am. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the distraction was the benefits of taking it. That was, it was really interesting. interesting. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, when, when my wife and I went away to pray about, we knew that we were going to go take the challenge the 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 flesh part of it that the lord really had to work on was he kept saying to both of us i don't want you to take money from for this that's what he kept saying i want you to take the challenge i do not want you to take any money for doing it yeah that was a huge and difficult decision it took weeks um, and so when I met back up with the operations guy, I said, listen, I'm going to take I, the problem you're trying to solve. We're going to go solve it. We're going to put together a team and go solve it. But I cannot take any remuneration from you. 
And he said, are you kidding me? I was just saying, I'm sure he didn't understand that at all. This kingdom versus empire. Mm -hmm. Like that's what this is. And the Lord, and, and it was really brilliant because I said to the guy, look, if we go do this, if we go work with these young Muslims and all that, the, what the reason the, what's going to stop them from engaging in what they're engaging in right now is they're going to be transformed by Jesus. Like mm-hmm. that's the mm-hmm. secret. Mm-hmm. If they ever figure out that that transformation process is being financed by U.S. foreign policy, it'll pollute the gospel. Wow. I can't let that be polluted. And I, and he, I said, it was, it's like the demon saying Jesus is the son of God. And Jesus tells them to be quiet because what they're doing is they're co-opting his purity as if they are part of it. Mm. Right? Wow. And so, and so I said, I'm going to go do this. And we did go do it. It took us six, five years to work that case to its conclusion. But we, we never, I never entered in any, any kind of financial contract um, with our government for that. Wow. So how did you make your living then? How did that work? So, so part of the paradigm was, it was from reading who financed the Exodus. When Moses led the million people out of Israel, who financed it? He got Egypt to finance it. He got the enemy to finance the Exodus. Wow. And so I thought, why aren't we doing that? So I realized for this to really work, it would be better if the Muslims financed it themselves. So what took us so long to set it up was we got them to pay for us to be there. That <laughs> and is mind blowing. Oh my goodness. Funny. Yeah. And so every time, every time they came to me, the Muslims came to me and said, who do you work for? I'm like, I work for you guys. And they would investigate me and they would go, he does, he works for us. He's one of us, he's ours. And, us. and so, and so as the young Muslims were coming to faith in Jesus and withdrawing from any kind of militant organization, it had it, it wasn't because of US foreign policy intervention, wow. which is what would have ruined it. That, right? oof, that is something. So yeah, because what was your specific job? Like your specific job title was a, a really interesting one. If I recall. Infiltrate militant, infiltrate militant organizations and pacify them. And pacify <laughs> them, which is what every American just thinks would be such a cool job. <laughs> so. Yeah. And so I, so what we did, what pacified them was the gospel. Wow. Right. And that's what I told them at the beginning. I said, that, that's what's going to work because otherwise, if you know anything else would have worked, you guys would have figured it out. But you can't figure out the kingdom. That's why you can't get it to work. So if we bring the kingdom, then we can't bring the empire. <laughs> so that'll yeah. preach right there. Wow, that's really oh, powerful. That's that's really good. I'm really challenged with that. Um, yeah. So you now are actually in what really brought Drew me to you and and us together is you're now working a lot in schools and in uh, public schools. We obviously yeah. are hoping yeah. to collaborate with you on, on Valor and some of the other work yeah. we're starting to do in New Orleans. But yes. um, t- just tell us a little bit about, because I literally think this is the answer that every single school, I I mean, this is a podcast I will send to every principal I know, because I think I, I, I'm honest. I, I believe every 
at the core of, of every one of our kids' lives, this is the essence of what's needed for them to live the life that God had intended for them. I agree. And this, this is why I'm sure uh, our lives are intersecting, right? At this point is for this very reason, because of who you are and your identity and your journey and who I am. And this is the beauty of how God just. Mm-hmm. A master weaver. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. And so it's such an honor to know you and, and to hear what you're doing, but. So one, one thing we knew really quickly when we went overseas is where the bad guys recruit is in educational institutions. That's where they recruit. Oh, come on. That's true yeah. in America. This is true in America. So when we say the bad guy, when the enemy, we could even say Satan or mm-hmm. the, recruits kids. Yes. Young. It's true. Young. So if we're going to, if we're going to, um, stop that recruitment we have to go as young as we can and so when we went into you know into the islamic world we went straight into that so i got a degree in in english a master's degree in english so that i could get into educational institutions and my wife was already she's already an educator and so we zeroed right into okay where are where are terrorist organizations recruiting people and it was that in the one place it was in the university so mm-hmm. i taught at the university of south carolina to get the you know to get the um resume and then i got hired into the by the government of the next of the country and they put me in the university and that's where we started working with you know young people and then we realized wow this is even a little late the university age mm-hmm, let's mm-hmm. see what happens um and so we did we did five years at the university level and then we switched into the k-12 through level and our question was how young can we talk or think about identity with kids mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um how early are they forming an identity based on what they do what they have and what people think about them and so we experimented um i mean i taught classes just on identity to elementary kids Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it was fascinating to watch them respond because they already had a sense of identity that wasn't good yeah well and and you really see that today in our public education system the focus on identity i mean there there's this is such a critical issue that a lot of christians are still trying to define it for someone else rather than your method, which is exactly what I think is needed. So talk through what that looks like. Yeah. So then again, you like, you just always go back into the scriptures as a kind of like case study. Like we have these beautiful case studies and we're just reading through them going, which of these scenarios from Genesis to revelation applies to what we're working on and like, okay, how young are they starting? Where is identity a theme in scripture? And then you realize it's the theme of the whole thing. Mm. Like what happens to humans is they lose track of who they are mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. quickly. And as soon as they lose track of who they are, they lose track of everything else, right? Starting yeah. with yeah. even, and then all the way through. And then how does God, how does God restore identity, give identity, speak about identity? How does he do it? And so what we realize, the missing link is that identity is not something to be learned. It's something to discover. It's already present. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and so how do we help? If you go in and tell a person their identity, you're doing the same thing everyone else is doing. Absolutely. Yeah. 
instead of saying, we're going to help you understand what you believe about yourself that's not true. And then we're going to teach you, teach you how to hear what is true. I really like so that. we just started doing that and watching what would happen with kids. And it was really beautiful, including our own kids. And it was real because our own kids, you know, they have a birth identity, which all people have. Mm-hmm. And so our kids are Jewish because my wife's, you know, the mother determines the religion and Judaism. So they're considered Jewish. They're Christ followers. They've spent their whole life in the Muslim world. So what's their identity? It can't be any of those because those things change, you know, they're, they're dependent on the circumstances you're in. And so their identity had to come from God. Mm-hmm. And they had to be secure in it, no matter what population they lived in. And so that's what we started working on with kids. And, and so we would have like identity clubs, we called them. And then we would just teach them a process of how to understand their own identity. And then, um, then I took a group of ninth graders and I taught them ninth, 10th, 11th, and 12th grade and I taught them in an international school and I just taught them identity in my class. All we worked on was identity. And, and they were Buddhist and Muslim and Hindu and atheist and Christian, the whole mix. And by the end of 10th grade, they were all calling each other the name that God called them, each one of them. Mm-hmm. And, and the names were like, it was really beautiful. Animator, um, uh, um, host of the nations, like these kinds of really fascinating names, but it determined their vocation. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. so like animator is a very famous film producer in Asia today. Um, the, the host of the nations owns luxury hotels in Singapore, like their, so their identity informed their vocation. So being informs doing. So the earlier the child understands who they are, the earlier they have a sense of vocation and the vocation is, can be, it's a range. It's not one thing. It's a right. range. There's a spectrum. Yeah. So, so we were doing it with young Palestinian and they would and, and do an identity process with them. And two of them, you know, some, one of them, his identity that God called him was poet. He just finished his first um, um, book of poetry and photography. Hmm. He, 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 very prestigious photography school in New York city. He was a he was a kid that just got out of jail in Palestine when we met him. Wow. No, his identity was I'm a criminal and I'm a Palestinian. And I'm a terrorist. The other one that was with him when we did this process, his identity was um, healer. He 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 just graduated. He, he went got into uh, graduate school at Stanford in public health. Wow, that's and when he gives his testimony to all the Muslims that we he works with, he talks about when God calls you healer you go to Stanford. That's like, that's how he talks about it. Yeah, that's remarkable. And so that's what, so that's what we do in the public schools. And we, you know, we do it in middle schools and we've, we've watched the progress of the kids. And it's so fascinating that the, that the school superintendents have been very excited about having us there. And so for people that say, you know, faith can't be in the public school, it's just not true. It's true. Right. But right. But we need it in for all kids in every yeah. school. Right. We, we, didn't, we do. Yeah. And, and the reality is, is God has a strategy for every situation. I think we love to say it's impossible to 
do this or that. And the reality is, is I mean, all things are possible, it, it, but right. we do need the strategy and we do the, need the courage then to right. step into the spaces where people are saying it's impossible. And it has to make sense to the people that you're coming to what you're doing and why you're doing it. Mm -hmm. That we learned that also, like it has to make sense to the population you're coming into. Why are you talking about that? And how does that apply to me? Right. And if it, and that's the part of just asking God for wisdom, like how do I communicate to these people what we want to bring in a way that makes them say, wow, that's good news. That's good. Yeah. So good. So. Well, Jamie, this has been phenomenal. I've been looking forward to this interview. Um, you have a book out. I highly, highly recommend it. I got it all marked up and notes in the column of things that I want to translate into the education that we're doing here at Valor. Um, yeah. Tell me where we can find your book and where they can find more information on you. Yeah. So we, our website is identityexchange.com and the book Living Fearless is on that website. It's Baker Books. It's at Amazon and all those awesome. good places. So, awesome. Yeah. 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 My friend, it has been just a pleasure to spend this time with you. I'm so grateful for what you do and your courage to step into the bold because what we know is when we step into that thing that God has for us, we give others permission to do the same. We, we embolden them to do the same thing. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Mr. Winship. You are a blessing. Guys, if you liked this podcast, would you go ahead and share it out on social media? People need to hear truth. They need their lives transformed. And you can easily push share on this on this podcast and help them start that journey journey to their own identity exchange. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. The Way of Valor podcast is sponsored by Valor Global Online, where we believe every child has divine destiny and it is our role as educators to inspire curiosity and draw out the unique brilliance of every child. We may be the experts in education, but you, as the parent, you are the expert on your child. And together, we will partner to help your child fulfill their optimum potential. We are unlike any other online school you have encountered. Your child will be seen and heard every single day, while connecting live with their teachers and friends throughout the world. Our focus on faith and whole child development and positioning your child as a creator, not simply a consumer, helps build the confidence you long to see in your child. Check us out today at ValorOnline.org. Working 9 to 5. <laughs> Forget that. How about a 9-week e-course instead? One that's guaranteed to make you rich in every area of your life. Valor Global Online is thrilled to announce the Doug Wood Church Boy to Millionaire video e-course. You can take it alone. Take it with your friends. You can even take it with your kids. And when you take it to heart, it is guaranteed to create massive momentum, breakthrough, abundance, and purpose in your life. You are worthy of power, might, and more. We can't wait to partner with you and pray your dreams into action. Visit ValorOnline.com online.org today to register for our next session. It's time to start living above the line.